Hey everyone, this is Jamie Allabach coming at you on the Peppered Podcast, where I bring season talk for food and beverage marketing and brand professionals. This episode of the Peppered Podcast is with Joe Sidoranka from Ipsos. Ipsos is a global leader in the area of market research and one of the world's largest provider of creative and advertising testing services. As I've worked with Ipsos over the years, I've found their insight to be incredibly helpful in refining our creative work. Their approach is different than any other research firm that I've worked with when it comes to creative testing. Ipsos offers a full range of concept and creative advertising testing, but on this episode, we're going to focus primarily on their early stage lab and ASI Connect products. This process that they developed uses a structured methodology to take rough ideas and concepts all the way through to finish creative, optimizing it all along the way so that the final creative is on brand, on message, memorable, and most important, changes consumer behavior. If you're a marketing or brand professional involved in the creative process, you're going to want to listen to this interview. So let's get to the show. Hey, so you know, developing creative messaging for CPG food and beverage brands is challenging work these days. It just is. Uh, developing the right idea, the right message, connecting the brand with the right creative, being able to tell a compelling story. Hey, it's complicated. There is a lot at stake for marketers and brand managers. Getting it right is critical. How can we be sure it'll work? And that's what we're here to talk about today. Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Yeah, super excited. So the idea of testing creative is not new to my listening audience. We're professionals. Everybody does this at some level. However, I think that the products and the processes and the metrics that you guys use at Ipsos is is super incredible, innovative. It's different. It's very different than what I have done in the past. And that's what kind of set me on this path. Let's let's get together. Let's talk about it. Let's share some of this stuff with my, my listening audience. So we're going to hit a lot of ideas today, a lot of things, but I'd like to focus. I mean, so you guys do a lot of stuff at Ipsos, but we're going to focus primarily on two things, the early stage lab and then the ASI Connect products. So let's start with the lab. Just just the name. I mean, think about that. So we're, we're, we're going into the lab with, with our creative, right? We're going into the lab. We're going we're gonna to experiment with it and, 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 and put some formulations together and, and, and see what works. So just the name. The name is, is, is creative and cool. Joe, give us just a little bit overview of what the lab is, and, and we'll dissect it a little bit as we go along. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 Jamie, I can tell you this: we're not we're not running experiments on any of our consumers. <laughs> that's, that's that's not what we're doing here. But come um, on, man, it could be fun. <laughs> um, you know, I think this early stage lab is a methodology we developed um, about ten to fifteen years ago, and it was really to help us understand um, what ideas, what concepts, in its earliest form, um, in in in. Is, is most likely to resonate and, compel, and compel consumers. Um, so, you know, what we do is we get consumers in a room. Um, we get a, 
huge base size of them. So typically about 50 or, or, or more at a time. And we start off with a, with a traditional quant survey. Um, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're showing them concepts or ideas and we're getting that real-time feedback of how they're responding um, in, a, in, a, in a quant setting. Immediately after what we do is we pull them out, um, a, a group of them out, and we just have a traditional qual focus group with them. Um, we use our Ipsos moderators to really dive deep into what was happening in that quant setting. Um, kind of think about it as as the why um, behind the what that we saw in that in that first that first stage. Yeah, and that's that's interesting in and of itself. I mean, just seeing a big room of you know fifty plus people or so. They're you know they're you know you're working with the moderator. They're looking at your ad. They're giving like real time feedback on you know on things. That in and of itself is is super super cool. And, I, and it was different for me to see this this qualitative and quantitative happening at the same time. That the dynamic there to me really brought a different perspective and the idea of 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 real time real time input Absolutely. You know, we, we like to think of it as a nice balance, right? Um, focus groups have been around, quali- standard qualitative measurement has been around for a long time. We have a great bench of moderators at Ipsos that does a tremendous job with it. But, you know, we know at the end of the day that you're only getting feedback from a handful of consumers. So just to have that additional layer of quantitative learnings, um, you know, a great base size where we can make some um, calls um, as far as, you know, what concepts are rising to the top, what ideas are are starting to resonate with consumers just to put some quantifiable numbers behind that um, is, a, is a great addition to that qualitative perspective. Right. But the marrying of the two. So we've all done this before. We've been in focus groups, you know, we're behind the screen watching what's going on and we've all, you know, done the surveys before. But this is this is a one day process we're marrying the two together. I mean, you know, we're used to so much of the research we do do nowadays is, okay, we're developing the survey. We're, we're putting the creative in there to look at it. We want to test this. We want to test this. We want to test this. Goes off to the research company and you hear back, you know, a few weeks later, a couple months later, maybe you're already moving on to, to other stuff. You're kind of out of the zone already. And what's super cool about this is it's, it's real time. You're getting literally Literally immediate feedback based on, you know, both the qual and the quant, right? Absolutely. We're all there. Um, you know, Ipsos, uh, the brand team, the marketing team, and the consumers. Um, it's that real-time feedback. We're seeing the quant results come back um, in the back room, and we're reacting to it. Um, we're seeing the qual, obviously, in the traditional focus groups. And, you know, at the end of the day, what we do is we like to marry that all together. So, and, you know, in an in a informal debrief, we all sit in the room and, and, and we lay out the results and we talk about what we learned throughout the day. And, you know, um, oftentimes, uh, I'd say more often than not, we're, we're leaving that day um, in terms of what we're going to do with next steps. We, right. kn- we know what the winners are. We know, um, you know, what we need to go to move forward to make these ideas even better. Yep. It's fresh in your mind. So you're right there. You're brainstorming as it's happening kind of in the moment, both with the client, both with you guys, sometimes getting feedback right to, to the consumers. Uh, you're, you're getting immediate consumer response. You can even make live changes. I remember once when we were working on a project and this, this, this bed of music just it, it wasn't working for anybody. 
right? So, so we, we heard that right away, and we were able to get with our team, have them quickly replace the bed of music with something else, and immediately get that into, into research. Is that a common dynamic that's happening through, through these labs? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the beauty of the, of the tool is that it's flexible, we're there. Um, so, you know, we can make changes on the fly. Um, I don't know how many times I've, you know, I've been in, in, in these lab settings where the agencies are, are actually reworking the spots throughout the course of the day as we start to build on, on, on the learnings that we've gotten over the course of the day from through the iterations of the quant and into the qual. Um, and we're really, you know, live workshopping the next round of creative um, it, it truly is a hothouse, and, and that's what we like to call it at, at Ipsos, just yeah. a hothouse of learning. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we were doing that on the spot <laughs> of learning. Hey, another aspect that I really loved was watching this this trace technology. So it's like, so we've all, you know, we've all seen this during the political debates where we're watching on screen where, where the folks are saying, yeah, you're lying here. We can tell you're lying. And it's just dropping off the charts or yeah, it's spiking way up. We, we like this. So that's, that's a, another piece that you guys add is that they're, as they're watching the ad or as they're being exposed to the, the raw idea, you're able to trace their emotions through that process. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a tool that we have um, within the methodology that allows us to show the show the concept or the idea in real time and have consumers react to that. Um, and what happens is it produces a, a trace line um, in the back room as the consumers are responding to it. Um, so what we can do is watch that reaction as the ad or the idea plays on. And as you mentioned, Jamie, sometimes, you know, the trace line goes up and consumers are feeling really good about it. And other times it goes the other way. Or it's tanking. (laughs) (laughs) Say, why did I write that? So what's what's. What's great about it is then when we transition to the qual, our moderators can ask consumers about that. You know, hey, the line was really going up here. Tell me your feelings. What was going on? What were we saying um, during that time that really made that really resonated with you? And then exactly for the other thing, right? What, what, what was going on when um, this line was going down? What were we saying? What what visually were we showing? Um, what what ideas were um, were coming through or not coming through that 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 didn't necessarily resonate with you? And it really provides everyone in the room as they're listening an idea, again, real time as to as to what's going on. Right. And I, you know, and I loved seeing it real time and I like that dynamic. But what I like more is in the reports, you know, you give these these trace metrics. And I can tell you that that's a tool that that I use and I use with my creative team as we are tweaking or redeveloping or reconstructing the ads and we're continually coming back to that graph and saying, hey, you know what? When when we set it like this or when they saw this, it spiked really up or spiked really down. And you know, you know how the process goes as you're changing and tweaking these things. Stuff comes in, stuff comes out. But this able this this enables you to go back and look at that and say, hey, you know what? We took this out, but you know what? Consumers love that. It spiked up when they were when they were talking about it or when they were seeing that they loved it they engaged with that and it really gave us a, a useful tool in in editing and changing the creative yeah it's it's a great second by second 
analysis um, of a piece of creative. Um, so you can really dissect and dive deep into exactly what you mentioned, you know, what's working, what's not working and, and start to think about ways to um, improve. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it, you, you know, you get down to that microscopic level, even just words or phrases of things. I remember in one spot we were doing, you know, when we were talking about the, the, the ingredients, the better for you ingredients, just the words that we were using, every word that we use to describe those ingredients, the better for you, it climbed and climbed and climbed and climbed. And that really told, told a story for us. Hey, consumers, they're interested in this. They like that this has fresh, real ingredients in it, and they like how we're describing it. You know, let's use more of that. Absolutely. So they're, they're, there are a lot of eyes on on advertising creative, right? Everybody, everybody at companies are are involved with this, from the executives to to the sales teams to you know everybody looks at it. There's an incredible amount of scrutiny when it comes to campaigns, and when they're succeeding or when they're failing. The question always comes into play, why? I mean, it could be it could be doing great, and the question still comes into to play is, why is it doing so great? Or even worse yet, when it's failing, that's the worst. Well, why is it, why is it failing? And, and you ask these questions, you know, is it the idea? Is it a bad idea? Is it the message? Is it how we're saying it? Is it the execution? Is it the tactics? Is it the visual? What? Why is it working or why isn't it working to be able to give specifics on this? And, and the, the question I always ask is, why wouldn't we want to figure this out before we're spending millions of dollars in the media? Yeah, I mean, you've obviously, uh, Jamie, been in a few more of those meetings than I have, but it's a, it's, a, it's a really terrible feeling when that question comes up where, you know, an ad is about to drop. Um, you know, live on air and, and on Monday and and we have some testing results back that are that are maybe not so good. And, and the question comes up and it's is it the idea or is it the execution? Um, and, and that's a really tough spot to be in. And, you know, the beauty of this lab methodology is that that really mitigates that risk um, is is we're getting out in front of it. What we're doing is we're putting ideas or concepts in their earliest form in front of consumers and just seeing what resonates and seeing what sticks. What it allows us to do is make sure that that the campaign starts out on a strong, solid foundation. Um, So we know going into any creative production or any campaign development that the idea is right. And it resonates. Um, and, and that just, you know, it saves a lot of a lot of churning, um, a lot of uh, a lot of duplicative work um, and a lot of waste, a lot you of know, waste, wasted dollars. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've seen wasted dollars because, you know, either an ad person or someone on the client side wanted something that just wasn't it wasn't right. And look, it's easier. It's easier when a campaign's succeeding and someone says, well, why is this so effective? And you can just sit there and say, hey, well, you know, it's just a great idea. That's why. But but isn't it cool to be able to say, yeah, this is why it's working, because this specific message or this specific visual or this specific idea really hit home with consumers. It's a heck of a lot more 
painful when you've got a multi-million dollar campaign that's tanking and people want to know why it's tanking. So, you know, this kind of information to me, from my perspective and my years in the business, is critical to have before. Yeah, you know, you're exactly right there, Jamie. I think, you know, one of the things that um, we've seen time and time again is 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 that waste on maybe testing and retesting. And now you're behind the eight ball in terms of deadlines you have to hit with your spend um, and your, 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 your um, expected spend. So I think, you know, one of the things that this does is just spending a little bit of the time up front. Um, and again, all this learning happens in one day. So it's really just a couple extra days um, that we're talking about that we need to build into a timeline really, you know, gives us that peace of mind uh, moving forward that we can, um, you know, that we have a sound campaign um, to, to move in the right direction with. Yeah, it's, it's a phenomenal process. One other thing that I want to hit on, on this before we move on to the next, the next piece of it is this idea of transparency and collaboration. Um, you know, we're working closely together, you know, in, in, a, in a close setting. You know, the agency folks are there, the client side, you guys are there. It's, it's an incredible atmosphere for collaboration. And, and look, I can tell you this for a fact. Agency people and creative are notorious for being defensive when it comes to creative. It's just true. No way. Yeah. No way. It absolutely <laughs> is. I'm, I know it's a surprise to you, but, you know, they, you know, they're getting their panties in a bunch all the time over, over this kind of stuff. And it's just, you know, to me, you can never take this sort of thing personal. I mean, you always want the kind of input that's going to make ideas better and make creative better. And, you know, your team, I can, you know, I can just put in a plug for you and your team. I mean, you're, you and your team work so well with the agency and the client creating an atmosphere uh, of collaboration and transparency where we can work together to make an ad that's better or make creative or make an idea that's better, stronger, more effective. And that at the end of the day, that's what we all want, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we get it. We understand, you know, we're, we're all in it to do the same thing. And that's to help our clients grow their brand, sell more product and, and, you know, make, make profit. And, and when you bring a lot of smart people together, um, with a lot on the line in terms of investment and dollars, things can get tense. Um, so, you know, we understand that. And that's why the transparency of this, this early stage lab tool is is really what allows it to shine through. You know, it allows, you know, the research team here at Ipsos, the agency and the brand team to get together um, and, and really just, you know, uh, work together um, to optimize learnings, to learn as much as we can about, about whatever we're putting into research um, and really make sure that, you know, we're putting our best foot forward um, in terms of, of putting everyone's minds together um, and, and starting a campaign off on the right foot. Right. So, I mean, you talk about the collaboration between the agency and the client brand side and your team, and then you layer on that piece of we've got live consumers there that are giving us that feedback. And look, we all know how convoluted messaging and, and creative can, can be even before it gets to this testing space, stage. There can be ideas that come, you know, from the agency that aren't on point or, you know, 
stuff from the client that they want shoehorned in. And this gives us an opportunity not to point the finger and say, hey, that was a stupid idea. (laughs) But it gives us the opportunity to say, hey, you know what? Here's a better way of doing that. And let's even ask consumers if this different way is even better, better than that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the transparency is key. You know, we're all in it um, at the end of the day to achieve the same thing, as I mentioned. So, you know, at this stage, no idea is a bad idea. You know, we want to make sure we're putting everything we can in front of consumers to let them respond to it. And then it's up to us as, um, you know, good stewards of brand and brand marketing that that we're able to take these learnings and, and continually build upon it um, and, and, and grow and turn it into an effective campaign that in the end of the day drives uh, drives growth. Exactly. So that's early stage lab testing. Let's let's shift gears and talk a little bit about the ASI Connect product or the process that that goes through. Um you know, I mean, in, 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 the, in, in the lab stage, I mean, we could be looking at, who knows, four, five, six, seven, eight ideas that, that we're running by consumers. But when we get into this ASI Connect piece, we're really looking now to not just vet a bunch of ideas, but we're looking to fine-tune a couple, a couple of ideas. We're looking to dig deeper. Um, so, again, can you give me just like a quick like top view of that, and then we'll, we'll get into it a little bit deeper on the nuts and bolts side of it? Yeah, so ASI Connect is, is our flagship um, testing methodology. Um, and, you know, it's, it's very similar to, um, you know, creative testing um, that a lot of brands and agencies are familiar with. Um, the way we really look at it, though, is, is again, as you mentioned, Jamie, more refining of the learnings. You know, we're assuming that, you know, a lot of the early stage work um, has been done up front um, to make sure that we're in a strong place as we go into this 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 more rigorous validated methodology and and what it sets out to do at the end of the day is is make sure um, it's it's a kind of a final checkpoint um, to make sure that these ads um, or this creative um, you know whatever we're putting into into testing is is ready to go and it's ready to perform in market yeah and we can check little nuances within there I mean I mean consumers really are not able to take an idea or take an ad and really dissect it and give deep insight into the creative. You know, of course they can say, I like this one better, or this one makes me feel this way, you know, which is great. And that's good stuff. We want, we want to know that, but they can't really pick apart the ad and give the kind of detail, the specifics, the insights that it takes to make those critical last minute adjustments to get this fine tuned. So it's in the zone, right? Talk, talk to me a little bit about how you address this in, in the testing. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have a full suite of diagnostics, um, both closed-ended, open-ended questions that we're probing on consumers. And, you know, at a, at a high level, they don't look to be too sophisticated. But when we layer that in with our experience as a team in testing creative, you know, Ipsos has been doing this for uh, 30, 40 years now. Um, we have a wealth of knowledge um, from our database um, that's made up of a lot of food specific ads, food, big food um, brands. So when we layer in our perspective there into the, the, the response from consumers, what we can do is put together a, a nice story 
of how the ad is performing. You know, at the end of the day, is it is it is it reaching consumers? Um, is it getting them to stop and pay attention to your brand? Uh, is it is it doing something after that? Is it is it is it driving um, you know a stronger perception of the brand? Is it getting them to to want to go out and buy the brand? Um, so what we're able to do is use all of these diagnostics um, and 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 really tell a complete story. Yeah, and I think that story piece is is critical. And look, like I, uh, I've worked with dozens and dozens and dozens of research firms over over the years, and this is. It's a unique product. When we look at some of these final score metrics, when we're either comparing, you know, an idea that was tweaked to that same idea, whether we're we're stacking those ideas or whether we're bringing completely different ideas in this in this process, you know, the scores like the the copy index and the and the and the branded breakthrough index, and of course the old persuasion index. I mean, these are great measurement tools for us in the creative process to say, okay, you know what? We did great at this. They felt good about this ad. They really linked it, you know, to the brand. But guess what? It didn't change their behavior. Their intent wasn't there. I mean, tell me a little bit about why why these various indexes and these scores that you guys use are, are so important to get right. And you guys have certain – the other thing that I like, too, that I don't want to miss is that you guys have certain scores that, that, that you need to hit because you said, yeah, you are a – you know, you guys are a global provider of these services. You've worked with, you know, thousands and thousands of brands over the years, so you have – you know, benchmark scores that you can say, hey, you know what, this is a good ad, but if we did this, it becomes a great ad. So you want to hit this score of this number here, right? That To me, that was a little bit different process that, that we went through. And to me, that was really, really helpful because it, you know, it's, it's a, it's a certain KPI that we want to hit with this creative and, and, and the world of creative is, is typically more subjective and it's not measurable by these, these, you know, very discerning points and numbers and things like that. Yeah. You know, the, these measures and these, these scores are rooted in Ipsos's philosophy on what makes great creative. Um, and it's, it's pretty simple. It's reach and it's response. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, we need to get consumers to stop and notice our creative. Um, and then we need to get them to take action. Um, and this copy effect index, what it is, is it's just simply a one number score that combines the two measures of branded breakthrough and persuasion. Um, it's a great, you know, number, um, one number to deliver to, you know, a CMO or a, or a higher level um, marketer. Um, it's just a great snapshot as to how the ad is projected to perform. And to your point, Jamie, you know, th- this number, there's a few other things that go behind it. So I don't, I'm not going to get too deep into the, right, yeah. the statistics of it. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> to, I get it. Uh, but I remember this one time, it was like this one, th- this one high up executive, you know, before we're going in, he said, well, you know, the ad has to hit this point level. And where they're like, holy shit. It's like, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of pressure. This ad's got to score at this point. And, you know, at the end of the day, we were able to score a Love that. So, you know, not only did did they love the creative, but it performed at at a level, a, a, a numeric number that that they wanted to hit before they invested in this from a media perspective. It boils the performance 
uh, of the ad down into, you know, very simple, um, easy to understand scores. But, uh, you know, I think one of the things that we, we also want to, um, also want to en- emphasize is that, you know, there's a full additional suite of diagnostics that go into those numbers. And what we do is, is we're able to bring that all together into a story to help support why those higher level numbers are the way they are. Um, and again, at the end of the day, you know, we're not, we're not in the business of killing creative at Ipsos. We, you know, we, starting with that early stage lab methodology, as we discussed earlier, even down to this more, you know, refinement tool of ASI Connect, um, it's all about learning. You know, we want to make sure that we're providing brands and agencies alike with, uh, with the with the the information that they need um, to continually improve their creative, to learn more about their brand, where their brand can play, where they probably should stay away from, um, and all of those things um, are important. And all those things go into you know just a standard um, ASI Connect test that that you get with Ipsos. Right, and and look, we all want to be in that room high fiving each other. When the sales numbers come back and say, hey, this campaign has boosted sales 5, 6, 7, 10%. And this sets us up for significantly higher level of success, right? Yeah, it's risk mitigation. You know, we're not, we're not, we're never going to be in a room um, that's saying, you know, kill these ads, kill this campaign. That's, that's not, you know, our job as researchers, our job as, you know, creative um, experts in creative excellence is really to, as I said, give the information about how consumers are responding to the ads, um, identify where there's opportunities to improve, um, identify, you know, opportunities where we can take the creative to the next level. Yeah. Look, I'm a creative guy. You know, I work with, you know, uh, you know, I'm blessed to work with a phenomenal creative team and we're not afraid of metrics. We like metrics. We like to be able to gauge, you know, the brand linkage and the recognition and the intent and the recall. We want it to go beyond just feeling. And I think that this 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 process has really helped us develop better ideas and it's really challenged us to to develop better ideas. So talk to me about what the heck is a clutter reel? <laughs> Clutter reel. I didn't know. I didn't think we'd ever get to that. Um, a clutter reel is one of the things that uh, we incorporate in our methodology, um, the ASI Connect methodology, and and what it essentially is sets out to do is mimic the everyday experience of what a consumer goes through. I mean, now more than ever, consumers are being hit with hundreds and thousands of messages on a daily and weekly basis. Um, You know, we were just talking, you know, right before this, this morning, Jamie, about uh, the beauty of social media and how it's allowed us access to consumers um, uh, that, 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 that we never had before. But, you know, with all of that creates additional clutter. Um, hence the clutter reel. Right. So, you know, what we do um, within this methodology is we show consumers a series of advertisements um, for a lot of different brands and a lot of different settings, whether it's TV, social, digital, online. Um, and, and, and we just kind of try and, and, and throw them off, essentially. They have no idea what they're going through. They're just assessing, you know, uh, video, essentially. 
Um, and at the end of the day, we circle back with them and, and ask them, hey, you know, after all of that, what did you remember seeing? Did you remember seeing this piece of creative? And that piece of creative is ultimately going to be our test ad. So what we're really doing is just gauging their recall of our ad um, in that cluttered environment. Um, and we get the, 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 the memory of the storyline of the ad. Did it just stick out to them? And then we get the brand link. Um, and it's something that consumers have to give us unaided. We don't give them a list um, for them to, to, to choose from. Um, and, and it's what we see as just a true measure of branded recall. We're not just showing consumers an ad and asking them if they think they'll remember it or asking them if they think they know what the brand is for. It's something that they have to give us. And that true unaided recall is what we see to be truly important when we're thinking about in-market effectiveness. It's when the rubber hits the road, right? That's, it, absolutely. It, it, that's 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 reality. If you're if and that can be intimidating too for 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 creatives is okay. Can can our ad? Can our idea? Can this concept really stand out from? You know, we use the word disruptive a lot. You know, we use the word distinctive a lot. You know, is it really distinctive enough to stand out in the clutter? of how people get bombarded on a daily basis. And to me, that's a great, that's a great measurement. And, you know, it can be, can be a little bit scary, but, you know, if you, you know, if you have a situation like that where consumers are saying, yeah, you know, I remember something about this, but I can't remember who it is. Well, how many times have we said that? That's a failed ad. It's not, it's not delivering for the brand what it has to deliver, which is recall and intent, and I'm going to buy based on it. Changed my this ad changed my behavior now, and and if we can't get that from advertising, we're not doing our job, right? Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, I think as as marketers and agencies, we all want to tell stories, uh, but at the end of the day, if that story isn't connected to our brand and the brand can't take ownership of that story, um, then we're just, uh, you know, we're just entertaining consumers. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we need, we need to be driving end results with, with our brand. Um, and, and that brand integration and that brand connection is critical to that. That's exactly right. And if we're not willing, and this is both on the client side and the creative side, if we're not willing to make those changes, then we're not willing to produce great work. And I can tell you for a fact, you know, when developing creative and developing ideas, it's a long, windy, windy, bumpy, hard road that you go down. And, and it's super easy to get off path. I mean, you can come up with these great ideas and then, you know, someone else in the agency says, hey, yeah, but what if we add this or what if we change that? And then the client comes in and says, hey, you know, can we shoehorn this thing in and can we change that? You know, and before you know it, you know, you're, you're way off track. And, and if you can't reset and say, what What are our objectives with this ad? What are we really trying to do? It doesn't matter whether it's, you know, it's bad client direction or whether it's bad agency direction. It doesn't matter at all. We have to be willing to refine and improve and optimize this process moving forward, turning good work into great work. And that's, and we're talking here, that's what we're talking about here is these specific things that come back from consumers to say, I don't quite get this. 
or I loved this, do more of this, right? Yeah, exactly right. You know, at the end of the day, we what we see it to be is just setting guardrails, um, setting guardrails for where what where we can take the brand, what we can say about the brand, um, what it can truly own, and where it can carve out white space. You know, amongst what all the other brands um, in the category are saying. And, you know, at Ipsos, we envision, you know, ourselves as kind of being that that unbiased third party, that voice of the consumer. Um, when we take the voice of the consumer and we leverage it with all the experience and the wealth of knowledge that we have from um, our history of, of evaluating creative. And we just want to package that up and provide it to the agencies and to our, our brand teams um, in a way that, uh, again, just that that fosters learning fosters just, you know, an additional piece of information about the brand that they didn't know. And, um, you know, we really take great pride in that. You know, if we can communicate or we can we can give our, our clients and agencies, you know, a little nugget of information that they didn't know before, that's a win for us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, look, this there are things that that I learned along the way with you and your team that changed behavior for me in developing creative. One of the things I always used to say to to my creatives as they're working on things, whether it's whether it was input from the client that they wanted to add this or whether it was somebody else trying to influence something from uh, the inside here at the agency, no matter where it would come from, I would always say, okay, is it one, making the ad better? And if it is, good. Is it making the ad worse? And if it makes the ad worse, then we have to address it. Or is it doing nothing to the ad? Well, there's there's no such thing as doing nothing to the ad, right? You're either you're either making the ad stronger or you're making it weaker. And that's one thing that I learned is every word means something, every visual means something. And when you scrutinize created at this level, you're able to get the stuff out that doesn't matter or that's hurting your idea and you just continually improve and improve and improve the ad. Yeah, you know, we know that consumers today especially watch ads on a passive basis. They are not able to scrutinize every single piece of it. But what they are able to do is tell you um, what they like and what they don't like. And when we take all the diagnostics that we talked about and, you know, we use our expertise and we, we, we dig down deep and, and we pull out um, those little pieces of the ad, those little, those little pieces that we can maybe turn up a little bit or maybe the, the parts that we can do without. Um, what it does is allows us to um, package a story together um, and make some simple, clear recommendations, um, again, just on how to improve the ad, right? How to, how to make it, you know, how to, how, to, how to turn it from an ad that's maybe an average to above average performer to one that's really going to knock it out of the park. Yep, exactly. So let's shift gears a little bit. When we talk about investing in advertising, we're, we're typically talking about, not always, but with bigger brands, we're talking about big dollars, especially, you know, on the media side. So, you know, going back to the question that, that I asked earlier is, why wouldn't folks on the client side, on the agency side, want to invest in a process like this before they spend big bucks, sometimes millions of dollars on on media. 
That seems like a rhetorical question, I guess, doesn't it? <laughs> Maybe it is. Um, no, you know, it, it's a good one. We, 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 we see it all the time. You know, timelines get crunched. Um, we're in a hurry to, um, you know, finalize creative. Maybe a, a creative review didn't go as planned and, and um, uh, the agency was sent back to the drawing board. Um, but, you know, what we see time and time again is when clients um, stick to a process like this, um, and they're able to stay ahead of the curve and stay ahead of the game. Um, it really just mitigates all of that duplicative effort and that waste, as we talked about earlier, um, in the long run. And we're talking waste in terms of man hours. We're talking waste in terms of dollars. Um, so it's, um, you know, we really see uh, that the spending that time and that investment up front um, pays back tenfold in the long run. Agree 100%. Final question. So today, there are so many options when it comes to research, you know, easy to use survey platforms like SurveyMonkey, Google Surveys, SurveyPlanet, you know, on and on and on and on. I mean, there's just dozens and dozens of them out there, you know, and many companies, you know, many brands, you know, they use these types of insights to to make critical decisions. Um, when When are these types of when is this type of research good and when is it bad? <laughs> like, like when, when is it a good idea to take this kind of survey and, and, and move forward with those insights? And when is it, you know, major red flag, do not do that for this? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. Um, you know, the rise of these DIY platforms have, you know, really um, opened up a lot of avenues and opportunities for, um, for brands to take a lot of this research in house and, and, and they do serve a purpose. Absolutely. You know, if, if we need results in a matter of hours, um, from consumers, um, on some low investment tactical things, then, you know, that's something that can easily, um, be done quickly and, and cost efficiently. Um, but you know, when, when thinking about, um, uh, what we're doing in the big scheme of things and, and, and making impactful creative that's going to grow brands. What we want to take us do is take a step back and think about who are we talking to? Is this feedback, uh, that we're getting reliable and trustworthy at the end of the day, what we do at Ipsos is we rely on our wealth of knowledge, our 40 plus years of, of, uh, evaluating great creative, leaning on that perspective, um, and delivering, you know, we do all the work, um, we do all the work, um, gathering the respondents, gathering that consumer sentiment, building a story and, and, and bringing it, um, packaged to you together, um, in the form of a, of a, of a great presentation, um, that allows you and your team uh, to focus on um, what really matters, um, and that's and that's uh, managing the brand. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really think I want to be sitting on the other side of the table when a CMO says, "Hey, you know what? You know our sales are down. This campaign tanked," and I can sit there and say, "Hey, you know, but we did this survey monkey that said it was going to work." <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's really easy just to throw, you know, a, an idea or a piece of creative out on Facebook or, or um, do uh, a quick read among, you know, our fans. 
but we got to ask ourselves, is that a, is that a true read, um, among the, you know, representative of, of our consumer and, and the consumers we're trying to eventually win over? Um, so I think, you know, it's a fair question to ask. And if, if we're making those million dollar decisions, as you mentioned, we want to make sure it's rooted, um, in some information that, that, that we can trust. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's got, has its place and it has its time if we're working on, some 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 lower level brand pieces for social media for some other things or it doesn't have have quite the ramifications of of a multi million dollar screw up then yeah I mean these these do it yourself surveys and research techniques they have their place but not when you're talking about big time creative for for campaigns and you're not going to get the kind of you know, critical feedback that helps you really make dynamic ads. It just it just doesn't work that way. Joe, it's been an awesome show. Really glad you came on. I mean, I love talking about this kind of stuff. I could talk on and on about it. I mean, so much to cover, so little time. We'll have to have you back uh, next year at some point in time. But before we, before we sign off, um, take a little time and talk about Ipsos for us. I mean, because you guys have a great organization there. I mean, you're 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 a global firm, one of the biggest in the world. I mean, you work with some of the biggest brands in the world, down to you know really super cool emerging brands. Tell us a little bit about what you do and how folks can get a hold of you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Ipsos, as you mentioned, Jamie, we're a global market research firm, full suite market research firm. Um, you know, we have a lot of specialties and a lot of different industries that we, um, that we conduct research in, um, you know, specifically, you know, our team specializes in creative excellence and brand growth. Um, so focusing in on ensuring our, our clients are putting impactful creative out there and measuring the impact of that creative in market is something that, that we have been doing, um, for a long time and has something we have a, of, have a wealth of knowledge in. Um, so, you know, if there's any interest out there in terms of, of, of doing that for, for a brand, um, feel free to reach out um, at joe.sidorenko at, at ipsos.com. Awesome. And that's Sidorenko, S-I-D-E-R-A-N-K-O. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Jamie. Good talking to you. This is Jamie Alabach with Joe Sidoranko from Ipsos, and you've been listening to the Peppered Podcast, where we bring season talk for food and beverage marketing and brand professionals. Let's grow your brand together. <laughs>